Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Superhero Finder podcast. I, as always, are your host, Matt Wilson, and I'm scouring the cosmos looking for inspirational stories, really cool people with messages to give out to the world so that you can take something away for yourself. Or maybe you're the kind of person that takes somebody something, put my teeth back in, something away for somebody else. No matter what you're here for, thank you for joining us. And I'm well excited to be in the room with Beanie, how are you doing? I'm all good. Nervous. Nervous? Why? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, this is also the first podcast we've been on. It is. It is, yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know who you are, because there'll be a lot of people that do know who you are, but if anyone doesn't, would you like to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so most people know me as Beanie. My actual name is Mia, but... Everyone knows me as Beanie, and to be honest, if you call me my actual name, even I look shocked at this point. <laughs> so I am 23, and I am from the southeast of England. Um, I have had my fair share of challenges throughout my life, even though I'm only 23. Um, in different aspects of my work life, I've worked with different people. Um, I've been through all my own experiences, and... I just want to help people bottom line is I always want to help people and if I can help one person then that makes me feel great so basically I'm just a small neurodivergent bean trying to make my way through the Jumanji levels of life that's a crazy idea but I love it it was when you said Jumanji I think that took it to the next level yeah that's how I view it each year is a Jumanji level and then you hit oh. your birthday, it's like, boom, level up. You gain more XP. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So you mentioned there are a few things, and, and I just want to just start with something. And I think it's, you've made it clear that there's been a lot of hurdles and a lot of challenges um, in your life. Um, but also, I think it's incredible how, despite of that, you spend each and every day longing to help people. Yes. Yep. I've always wanted to help people, always. So from the age of 14, um, I was already volunteering. So from about the age of 14, I'd say, and I did this for five years, I was working within youth work. Now that sounds really young to be working in youth work, but for the first few years, it was obviously voluntary. And then alongside that, the older I got, the more training I got, um, the more I worked with people as I got older. And then I stopped doing that about two weeks before I turned 19. Um, I'd done a bit of work in a care home. I've done about two or three years in a play center. So I've always been working with people to help people yeah. um and then it was as I got older I strayed away from that so I've always known that I kind of want to help people because you can't have bad without the good and you can't have good without the bad mm. um but if I can bring some good to someone's bad then that that makes everyone happy it's a win-win it is a win-win because we know there's bad and as much as we like to pretend there's not bad we can also create the good. And we definitely know how good feels. Yes. So what made you kind of, because you mentioned straying away from that, what made you come away from that then and what have you done instead with your time? 
so I got to a point where I naturally felt like I was I'd done my part yeah. if that makes sense I'd done it for five years um the vast majority of that being for free it was all voluntary so for a large large portion of my teenage years bearing in mind I was struggling as well at the time I had my own stuff going on I got to the age where I was like okay I need to work out where I want to go now like I've put my thoughts into other people and I still do and I am guilty of that um but then it was at the point I was like okay I need to work out what I want to do where am I going with this so I did health and social care in college um which due to mental health and various other issues I dropped out a year early um and it kind of put a peg in the youth work I was like okay I think that's done I've achieved what I want to that's done um and then I went into being a games master in an escape room which was a job I absolutely loved um best job in the world um and then COVID hit and then again came another spiral and then obviously now for people who don't know me I have registered as self-employed and we're trying to make our way through chronic ailments, through mental health, through finding myself. So a bit of a self-discovery journey um, after all the shit came in waves. So now it's a a beanie story. (laughs) Well, it's yeah, page after page of the beanie epic or biopic. Biopic is probably the word, isn't it? <laughs> Biopic, it means like biography in film. So it's yeah. a story of you. Um, so you've set yourself up um, as self-employed. Has that just been one business or what have you focused on in terms of that? I've gone through many hyper-focuses, um, which I now realise is because I found out I was neurodivergent. So there has been things that I thought, oh, that's a really good business idea. And I've bought all the stuff and it's never been launched. So nobody knows, but I've got tons of candle making stuff in the downstairs cupboard. It never got launched. Um, Then I went into Woodworks, which did quite well. And I did take it to Etsy um, and via TikTok and Etsy. We didn't do too shabby. Um, And then it was my physical health was getting a bit much so having to sit for like six hours just to paint something to be able to then sell it it was too much so I was like this isn't viable long term so then I went into paracord um, and did key rings my own style of fidgets to help people Um, and it didn't take off how I thought it was going to I sold a few products but it wasn't I couldn't find my niche shall we say um and now I have gone into crystals so recently I've also been quite drawn to my spiritual side um and that's reading oracle and being interested in tarot I have a massive crystal collection so now I want to kind of make the crystals as jewelry key rings etc which have healing properties and therefore still helping people Mm. so there's quite a few different things but the one thing that kind of goes through all of those is a massive kind of creative streak yes you have to be hands on making something or you were painting something and then obviously you stop that and that's really cool 
So now you mentioned you alluded to, you know, health challenges. Yes. Are you okay so, to go into a little bit about that, just in case anyone's listening in a similar position? So I've had issues right from being a teenager. Well, right from when I was really little, really. So um, I've had, I've always had trouble with sort of bladder issues. Um, and being young, you you never want to admit that. Um, and then as I got into my teens, it was getting more and more prominent. I then started having stomach issues. So I then had IBS. Um, and then from the age of, I'd say from the age of 14, 15, things really started to amp up. So mm. then from 15, I had panic disorder, which then amplified my physical ailments. So my bladder and my stomach. Um, having that anxiety so then the further through I was getting as a teenager the more things I was turning down I was turning down school trips I was turning down college trips um, all because I had the fears of being around mass amounts of people I had a fear of being away from a toilet having to travel it was a large reason I dropped out of college um as well as the college going to absolute shite. Sorry if you anyone knows me personally and knows that college, but it went to absolute shite when I was there. Um, but a lot of it as well was my anxiety. Um, and then my anxiety amped up more. Then I started off with low mood and it turned to depression. Um, so they went alongside each other. And then as I got older, things were just amplifying. So my IBS was getting worse. My bladder was getting worse. The anxiety was getting worse. Um, then I I always felt different growing up. Mm. Um, I've always known I don't really fit in. Even when I was going to the youth place, I was going there to see the youth workers, not the young people. And in my head, I was like, well, that's not like other people my age. Other people my age are out doing this and that. Um, so I always knew I was different. And then obviously COVID hit, mm-hmm. as we all know, big struggle for all of us being cut away from, from society. Um, but I was already struggling to go out prior to COVID. I was already struggling to travel. Yeah. So when COVID hit and we were working through that, again, things amplified more. I noticed more issues physically. I noticed more issues mentally. And then I made the decision to go forward and straight up ask for um, potentially an autism assessment. So I went to my doctor with it. They allowed me to fill out the check boxes. Um, And bearing in mind, this is something I've questioned for many years. Mm. And I was going many years back and forth with the idea of wanting to know if it was an official diagnosis. Yeah. so then I went to the doctors, got that. And at first it came back saying you, so I I was officially diagnosed last year. So this is within the space of a year of me being 22. So I was a lot older than sort of my teens. Um, and it, firstly, it came back basically saying you show a lot of traits, mm-hmm. but you don't show enough for us to warrant you an assessment. Right. So then I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, so you're saying that I am potentially autistic, Mm -hmm. but I'm not autistic enough 
for you to warrant me essentially the, the clarification yeah yeah um so i had a good friend at the time who i'm still very good friends with now who um has someone in her family with it and she was like and she's also a teacher she works with um sort of those needs herself and she was like okay we'll compile a letter of all the reasons and more traits because when you get this checkbook list it is very much putting you into a label yeah uh, seeing if you can they can fit you in this box yeah and if they can't then yeah. it's not autistic so we elaborated on everything and from that one letter they come back to me and we were like right we'll assess you right straight okay. up change their minds yeah so i went through the assessment which is like a good three stages um had the video assessment and they said within the first 10 minutes they'd already diagnosed me this was meant to be sort of an wow. hour video call and yeah. within the first 10 minutes they hadn't even spoken to me yet that was just speaking to my mum for five or ten minutes yeah they already knew the answer but for professionality and to clarify, they had to go through all the questions and go through the whole assessment. Yeah. But yeah. they already knew before it even started. Yeah. Um, and it was at the, off the back of that that they they essentially said you're highly likely ADHD as well. Um, and then I'm now on the list to get that official, but. I would have that already if they were within the realm of what they do to put it through. But because it was one criteria and not the other, I have to go through the whole process again. Um, so I got that diagnosis last year. And then I was also diagnosed last year with fibromyalgia, which is a chronic condition. And is not widely enough spoken about or known mm. about. Um, a lot of people find it very hard to get a diagnosis. I was incredibly lucky. Um, I compiled all my symptoms. I, To be honest, you come across as a hypochondriac. And other people with fibro will agree with me. You yeah. come across as a hypochondriac because you've got so many things wrong with you that you can't pair together, that the doctors can't pair together. Yeah. And I've had a lot of friends with fibro so I went to my doctor with my massive list and I gave it to him and I said, I think I've got fibromyalgia and I'd had blood tests to rule out lupus, arthritis, mm. all your common ones that can just be diagnosed with a blood test or X, Y and Z criteria. And then I was referred to rheumatology and it was said, yeah, you've got fibromyalgia. So I was very lucky and got through it very quick because really I was quite assertive I was yeah. kind of knew what I had knew that things had been ruled out and then that's when I got my diagnosis as well so how does fibromyalgia kind of challenge you how does it manifest in you then so I'm guessing everybody everybody's journey is kind of different with it yeah I think the thing is everyone's journey is kind of different but in some ways it everyone's going through the same thing um fibromyalgia even doctors will say isn't widely known um some people don't believe in it because there is no physical there's nothing to say you have it there's a process of elimination that you don't have the other things 
yeah. but there's nothing there's there's nothing to show you there's no blood test there's no scan there's yeah. there's nothing that can say yeah you've got it so for some people if you can't see it it's it's not there it's the same with mental health for some people they have the outlook of well I, I can't see it so how do I know you're suffering um but overall fibromyalgia is chronic pain and chronic fatigue um as a as an umbrella shell but there's hundreds and hundreds of symptoms that people don't know about um so dizziness um nausea uh hives like rashes eczema um all various skin conditions headaches migraines acid reflux stomach and bladder issues can all tie in um there anything you can think of that you haven't had an answer for if you've got fibromyalgia it's fibromyalgia if you can't find anything else to give you a reason i mean shaking muscle spasms joint pain there's literally endless Mm. symptoms to it Um, and then obviously it's different for each person what they experience on a day-to-day yeah and then obviously you can go into flares as well into what flares flares yeah so everyone with fibromyalgia goes through something daily either daily you have fatigue or daily you have some some level of pain um and that will be your normal um so everyone's got their normal on a day-to-day and then you will have a day or a week or a month depending on how long your flares last it could be triggered it could be out of nowhere um where everything is amped up Mm. your pain is amped up to a level that you might not be able to handle as much the fatigue knocks you out I've had it before where I've just wiped out I've laid down and boom I'm asleep um so all the symptoms can amp up in a flare and it can just make you feel groggy make you feel a lot more pain so yeah yeah it's it's interesting because fibromyalgia is one of them ones that I didn't really know about which is why I wanted to find out more but I do remember it as I was growing up and kind of in my early 20s hearing the name but it very much be associated with almost like a made up fallacy yeah. kind of something where you just put everything else and I mm-hmm. think it's really important the kind of the definition that you almost gave there and it's and you said mental health and the link you said to mental health. And I think why that's important is it's the absence of something physical, yeah. but you've still got the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So just because there isn't anything to prove that it is and identify it and give it a tag and give it a label and go, right, it's you. Yeah. You've still got the symptoms. So we still need to support the symptoms to try and exactly. understand where it's coming from which we see in mental health, don't we? You know, you can't yeah, see um, depression, you can't see, well, you can you can see physiologically a bit more anxiety, but you can't see all of those things, but you know that someone's experiencing it. And really, fibromyalgia 
there's there's been speculation obviously there are researchers that are trying to find out more about it and it is stemming from your nervous system and emotional trauma so some people can develop um fibromyalgia through trauma Right, if you go through something particularly very mentally traumatic or physically traumatic you can then develop fibromyalgia right so in a way it also is very very connected with mental health um but i think a large problem of it is is you still can't see it for some people if their pain is bad they might walk with a walking stick so therefore you would be able to see it for myself i'm only 23 i look a lot younger i'm always getting told how young i look i look fairly fit i'm quite slim very small built so if you were to see me in public unless i'm doubled over in pain which is very rare a lot of us mask it because we're used to the pain we go through day to day apart from the ones close to us they might see it more but if you was to see me walking down the street you wouldn't have a clue And I think a lot of my issues, so my stomach issues, my bladder issues, the fibro, my anxiety, the depression, unless I'm physically shaking from my anxiety or physically having a panic attack, I look like a very healthy, fit individual. It doesn't look like there's anything wrong with me. And I've had people, um, obviously I do posts on TikTok, since... I've, I've put one post up about fibromyalgia and I did get people come back to me and say, I would never know you were going through that until you posted that video. Yeah, now we met on TikTok um, and we now talk quite a lot. And I think one of the things that is incredible is, and it's a topic that often comes up, isn't it, about masking and the things that people deal with on a daily basis that you just can't comprehend unless you can physically see a sign of. Now, that's, you know, there's the move, there's the movements with the lanyards, with the sunflowers on, which is kind of the idea of the invisible, kind of the mm-hmm. not visible illnesses, right? So do you find, do you find many people doubt or do you find any negative energy about the fact that, you know, you go through this stuff? Do you find any maybe responses to a day that you're particularly in pain or have you found your way your own ways of coping with that um I haven't found for myself anything that works um as of yet Mm. I'm yet to try medication because I was already on medication for a few things so they were like we don't want to put you on more um so I went for physiotherapy at first because for some people that does work um unfortunately for me it made it a lot worse and I now have back pain that I never used to have (laughs) oh Um, so I went through that and then the thing is with fibromyalgia there is no cure as of yet there is no cure it's about managing it again like mental health there isn't necessarily a cure to your anxiety or depression but there's things that can help it there's things that can help you manage it And it's finding your own way to manage. But the problem with that is until you can figure out your triggers um, or your limits, shall Mm -hmm. we say, it's very, very hard. Um, But the problem is 
it's hard to figure out your limit when on one day you could walk for half an hour, let's say, um, and be completely fine. On another day, you could walk for two minutes and it feel like it's half killed you. Yeah. So your days are so different. So you literally have to judge it how you feel in that moment. Yes. And how you feel on that day to day. Um, so for me personally, I've not found, I found some ways to cope with it um, and accept that sometimes I do just need to sleep, which is frustrating. You can then feel like you've slept your day away. Um, but yeah, it's different for everyone, I think. And I think that's one of the hardest things about it. Um, there isn't just a medication you can go on that works. There isn't just a therapy that you can go to yeah. or, you know, there isn't just a few things that are like, I'm not saying it's easy with anxiety. I know it's not because I've got anxiety, but at least with anxiety, there are various different universal coping mechanisms. Yes. That you can say, well, try this breathing technique. That one doesn't work for you. That's okay. Try this one. Um, and I think with fibro, there is so much unknown and so much that you don't know kind of how to deal with or respond to that it can make it incredibly difficult. And I suppose at times quite overwhelming because you don't oh, know. Definitely. I mean, that goes hand in hand. Obviously, I struggled with um mental health prior to my uh physical issues mm. but i think for people with fibro as well the minute you have it it come becomes incredibly isolating and a lot of people don't understand it and it's hard to understand something that you've not been through um but it's also something that is hard to explain yeah it's hard to sort of make someone understand what it's like to go through it day to day um so I think finding the balance of also you get frustrated at yourself but not getting trying not to get frustrated at other people around you for not getting it so it can be yes. quite isolating Because I suppose sometimes you'd rather avoid the chance of the question being asked or you having to explain it rather than trying to explain it to someone that doesn't get it. Yeah. So you end up just not going in those those situations, those social situations, and then kind of isolating yourself yeah. because you get it. But it's But it's a lot of effort in terms of, you know, the energy you might have that day to you know to explain to other people yeah and equally again that comes back to masking if it's something you've got to go through but you know you're around a specific set of people that are not going to understand it the same with mental health if you're in a in a situation yeah. where people don't get it or don't get you same with neurodivergency if you're amongst a group of people that just don't understand you will put this wall up um and I think it's just important to realise none, none of us know what everyone's going through. Mm -hmm. But obviously you mentioned the lanyards and stuff before. I think it's great. So people around know that you might need help. And I 
absolutely agree with it for people who it does work for but for me personally I don't want to have to put a visible label on myself that makes me stand out you know I because there will always be judgment whether you've got that there or not um for example and I know a lot of people go through this I have a radar key which is a key uh, I don't know if it's worldwide but definitely in the UK that can get you into most disabled toilets so for example if I walk in just how I am now I could walk out and get some stairs and some judgment maybe of well you don't need to use that toilet why are you in there if I had the lanyard on I can come out I could get the judgment for wearing that lanyard and making it known. And I think people who do wear the lanyards have had judgment, whether that be because they're autistic, ADHD, or mm. they epilepsy, uh, all the hidden, hidden things that people can't see. I don't think, I think society needs to change mm. rather than the people who are going through it, if that makes sense. So instead of putting a label on them and making them stand out and making them known, Mm -hmm. society needs to become more accepting of the fact you can't see this disorder or this mental health issue or, you know, because it's not just fibromyalgia. If you're epileptic, you wouldn't know from the outside. I've got no correlation. I don't know anyone or many people with epilepsy. But for them as well, I'm sure it's a similar feeling that you can't see it. Um, but it's it's very much there. And yeah. it that can then transform suddenly into a physical ailment. So I think as a society, we should just be more open and more yeah. aware to the unknown of what people are going through. Because we're all going through something hidden, whether that be a physical or mental ailment. So maybe if we all showed a little bit more kindness and compassion and just remove that immediate need to judge somebody when it's actually not important, like you walk into a toilet and making a judgment on you, then how does that affect your day? Like as a person that's making the judgment, it holds no value, does it? But it can create conversation, it can create gossip, it can create all all these things that aren't particularly... Um, positive yeah I like that I like that and I definitely think there's 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 definitely a lot of place to that so how do we how do we start getting that change then what do you think I know it's a big question but I think it's you know there's always going to be wrongs and rights in the world the world is never going to be perfect and like I said before there is always bad and good there has to be because that's balance um you know yin and yang you've got the light and the dark but there is a bit of dark in the light and there's a bit of dark light in the dark so you always need that balance um and when it comes to sort of mental health and physical disabilities you know there's good days and bad days but you can't have the good without the bad days you can't have the bad days without the good days um so i think it's just starting small 
and getting more people to talk about it and things are becoming more known through the platforms of TikTok, um, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, YouTube, podcasts. Um, things are getting spoken more widely about. And I think people, it's never going to be changed by one person. No. So it takes a whole load of little to become a lot. Um and it's just growing that message and knowing that you're not going to be able to change everyone. So I only say society needs to change. Not everyone is going to change. It's, it would be physically impossible because there's no bad without the good. You still need that balance. But it's accepting that you need that balance. That's huge. Went on um, a bit of a tangent, didn't I? <laughs> you did, you did. But so it's not so sometimes when we say there's a big change, so and then we split it into individuals, so say eight billion people, seven billion people, whatever. If seven billion people did a really small change, then it would if everyone did it, then it'd make a massive impact. Is it, we're not even it? we're not even saying that, we're recognizing that. Not all seven billion have to, because why would they? It'd be it'd be crazy for us to even think that everyone could do it. Let's realise that there'll be some people that don't want to change the ways. There'll be some people that aren't equipped to you know to to learn about this stuff that's coming in that aren't willing to change. So actually, let's open up more conversations and just be freer speaking with people that are willing so we can have positive yeah. conversations rather than ones that we meet loads of friction yeah we can get the bigger change from that can't we we can, we can focus and actually get a bigger result from that which has amazing correlation as well to what has kind of become something major in the the last 10 years especially in terms of you know gender identity and sexuality and mm -hmm. and all the other things isn't it because again you've got something that three generations ago none of these conversations were even a thought really in a lot of people's minds they were never you know they were never introduced and all of a sudden through the medium of tiktok and things like that we've got a big feeling of you know this diversity whether it be neurodiversity or gender diversity or, you know, all these all these different feelings and, and again, I suppose labels, because yeah. in some way some of the some of the things are labels, but I also went off on a bit of a tangent there, didn't I? You're all good. And the thing is, I think I mean, I left school what, six years ago. I left school. And things so I've had my own sexual sexuality journey. Um, and sort of questioning shall we say mm -hmm. um, and things how they were when I was at school which was only six years ago I left to now there is rapid changing like this is something that's moving mm. faster and faster things are rapidly moving monthly 
you could hear, it's not even yearly at this point things are rapidly yeah. Yeah. and there's things that I don't understand and I only left six years ago so yeah. it's moving with the teenagers I think that's where you see where it's most spoken about is the teens it's yeah. the younger it's the adolescents who again there's always balance the older generations and it's nothing against them there are things I don't understand and I'm not yeah, yeah. much older than today's adolescents but they are in their times they're stuck to their ways you know there are some people that aren't going to change mm -hmm. and for a lot of people they can find that very frustrating well why won't you accept me and there needs to be some understanding and grasp as well that for so many years this was the unknown this is all very very new mm -hmm. and I understand the frustration I get it I've been on my own sexuality journey I was I was bullied for five years um for being gay when I identified as straight myself um then I hit about 15 or 16 um and I started questioning and I thought oh maybe I'm bisexual um and I spoke to various people um I had a youth worker that was gay and married so I mm. spoke to her um and was really the first person I spoke to about it and then as I've got older, I was, I, I, I was confused. I was incredibly confused. And I got to a point where it was eating me alive because I didn't, I didn't know who I was. And I, until last year, getting the diagnosis of autism, not only did I not fit in mm. to what I deemed as normal or society, I then didn't know who I was on the inside either. So it became this whole identity crisis of looking at everyone, knowing them, knowing who they were. Yeah. They knew that they liked women or they knew that they liked men or they knew that they fit in the umbrella of LGBT. Yeah. And I was in limbo. I didn't know who I was. I wasn't fitting in with these guys. I wasn't fitting in over here. I wasn't fitting in here. I'd had all the confusion and the mm -hmm. bad side of it fired at me. And then it was only in the recent years I discovered that I might be asexual, which is some people don't even know about. Um, but again, N is a spectrum. If you, you could speak to me and I can tell you my version of asexual, but if you go and find someone else who's asexual, they could be completely different. The actual term is the same, but they'll have a different take on it of what it means for them. Um, and I think even now, if someone, you know, people do ask what your sexuality is, it, you know, whether that be because out of sheer interest, mm -hmm. whether it be because they're part of a certain community themselves and they'd like to know, mm -hmm. or whether it be a love interest, you know, they want to know because they've taken a liking to you and they want to, mm -hmm. you know, connect in that way. So you do get the question of, oh, what's your sexuality? And for me, I, I just use the umbrella term gay because I thought I knew who I was. Then I didn't. Then I did. 
then I didn't then I did so I just used the umbrella term and for me that's not putting me in a box because I think problem with today and people will disagree with me and that's fine totally open for people disagreeing people try and put themselves in a box Mm. and that's what I tried to do for many years because I felt like I had to Mm -hmm. I felt like society pressured me to pick a direction and I didn't know what direction I was going in so I was like well but I don't fit in that box or that box so where do what do I do now so instead I just removed the label Mm -hmm. and thought you know I like who I like if if you want me to go in depth and I feel comfortable to go in depth with whoever's speaking to me on a one-to-one then I'll explain my journey you know and who maybe I'm attracted to more or attracted to less but I think if more people had the outlook of we don't need the labels mm-hmm. again physical mental you know sometimes you need a label to know what you're dealing with how to deal with it yes but I think on smaller things and in sometimes you need the label for yourself but not necessarily for society yes I get that I think that's what I'm trying to get to so you need that label for yourself so you know who you are you know how to deal with things yeah especially if it's mental or physical you might need certain treatments or therapies or yeah you know CBT to get away around the way you're thinking so but when it comes to society as a whole I think we need to all stop trying to put ourselves into these boxes because when you take that away it takes away the anxiety and the need to fit in and it just allows everyone to live as their own being without the judgment without the need to be like oh well I fit into this box but I don't fit into this one and I'm over here and you're over there if we just live as humanity yes and as individuals that come together yeah in various ways and you're not going to like everyone we don't you know there's people we come across you're not going to like their energies you're not going to vibe with them you might have different interests and that's no. okay yeah there doesn't need to be this built up negativity and tension around it yeah there's billions of people in the world you can bypass the people that you're not vibing with and there be no harsh Mm. harsh barriers there we can all just live freely so for me personally scrap the society's labels um and you know some are good it's good to know if you want to use the label mental health so mm-hmm. you can meet like-minded people who are struggling in that way it's very very good yes. but i think in a lot of ways labels can be very very detrimental um to people's mental health and the judgment and the stigma that gets piled upon them so what we're saying is then 
labels can be good or terms can be good to bring people together to learn mm-hmm. about themselves but not as well no it's good for the person but not necessary for anybody else yeah I mean obviously everyone has different outlooks yeah. um but I think when things got complicated um and this isn't my battering the youth who do have all the the different labels um because that, that's what suits them you know and that's okay mm-hmm. but I think when things got complicated and when people started getting confused especially the older generations looking down and back at everyone else mm-hmm. It was when more and more labels started piling up. Yes. You know, it couldn't just be, especially when it comes to sexuality, there are so, so many labels. I don't know what half of them are, and I'm part of that community. Yes. It went from something simple to a few, a few labels, you know, which was good. It, you know, it told someone what you liked or who you liked. Yeah. Um, and allowed you to make those connections to something that has become so many options that when all the labels got added, that's when the confusion came in. And I am very, very accepting of all people. You, you do you, you know, as long as you're not horrible to me um, or act negatively towards me, I can live in harmony with anyone you know um and I'm very very open to who people are and what they go through and I've always said that nothing shocks me with the jobs I've been in Mm. I've either been through it or I've helped someone through it or I know someone who's gone through it or I've seen it you know so nothing shocks me at all um but I think that's when life got complicated for people and actually I think a lot of people in their teens would agree that when this came about it spiked a lot of confusion within themselves to try and work out who they are and to see which box they fit into and I remember being a teenager and having less labels and trying to fit myself into a box And it was incredibly detrimental to my mental health. And I had fewer labels to to pick from, shall we say. So I think everyone is entitled to how they want to identify whatever you want to identify as, whether that be your gender, your sexuality. Everyone is entitled to know who they are. But I think to spark so many options and so much confusion mm-hmm. and pre- almost pressure to work out where you fit yeah is incredibly difficult and i've like i say i've been there with less less labels mm-hmm. and it absolutely destroyed me yeah because there's almost that pressure to conform to that as well so it can it can bring you comfort knowing that okay, this is this is where I sit. Okay, I get it. But then there's the well, hang on a minute. How come so for example, you know, 
you categorize yourself as as gay, and then you go, well, actually, I like someone of the opposite sex, so am I still gay? And like, why is that even a question? You just you. Exactly. We know the reason. We know the reason behind it is because, well, religion, right? So religion and history mm-hmm. tell us that there's certain societal standards, and then we're working away from those and trying to, you know, then bring in laws that make sure everything's equal. But if we could just start again and just treat people on an individual level, then it actually doesn't matter to anybody else what you identify as because you just identify with who you want to identify as. Yeah. And I think I I saw someone on TikTok actually, and they wrote a song, and I believe they identify themselves as transgender. Transgender, mm-hmm. um, but they've written a song, and there's some lyrics in there that says, "In a few hundred years' time, when people dig up our bodies and they find our bones, and they place them next to each other." they're not going to know the difference from you or I you know at the end of the day we're all the same Mm -hmm. when it comes to our remains and you strip it right back to who we are nobody's going to know you apart from looking the same as the next person yeah and I think that's a really sort of broad way to look at it Live how you want to live and just respect each other for it. Yeah. Let's because we all end up in the same place. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we do. We start in the same place. We end up in the same place, right? Exactly that. Okay, well, I'm conscious of time, but I have one question for you. I said I didn't prepare any questions. I don't know whether you're ready for this question or not. I'm going to ask you this question anyway. I'm going to put you on the spot, Beanie. Right. I'm just going to leave you hanging for a little bit just to see if you get any more nervous. Does that mean? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be and what would you use it for? Oh. I think the ability to heal. Did you say heal or kill? I'm struggling with your accent, and both are completely different. Heal. Heal. Definitely okay. the H. <laughs> <laughs> um, not heal as in remove what people have been through, yeah. as horrific as what that may be, because I do believe whatever we go through moulds us into yes. the people we, that we are. Yes. But I would love to be able to heal mental and physical um trauma shall we say Mm. and not necessarily eradicate it like i say you can't get rid of it because that molds someone into who they are um but allow them to accept and heal that part of them almost like healing their inner child um which obviously there is like inner child work that can be done there's therapies and that for that but I think to have the ability to just heal someone from all the bad things so they can become themselves again and carry on remember 
but be able to close that book and put it on a shelf instead of reliving. So to take away the things that are holding somebody back from yeah. creating their own future and kind of moving on, yeah. moving forward. So you're going to yeah, take definitely. away the breaks in people's brains. Let's not have breaks, let's just go. Yeah. Love it. That went really deep as well. It did go quite deep. Yeah, it did. It did. It's been a very deep and controversial. <laughs> well, you know, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what we It's an expose. It's an expose. We shall see. <laughs> so if anybody that's listening to this that doesn't already know you, that would like to find out more or like to follow your journey or follow you or speak to you or message you, anything, how can they find you? You can find me as lilbean23 on TikTok. Um, I think it's lil underscore bean underscore 23. Probably best to reach me on there. Or if you are fond of Matt, join the Discord and create the little community we're building with us. Um, and you'll find me on there either discussing random things with people, try to help as many people as I can, um, if I am in the capacity to do so, or you'll find us all playing golf. Yeah. So, yeah, mini golf. And thank you for the plug for the Discord yeah. as well. So, there you're is, we, have, we do have a Discord community. If you are on TikTok or anything, if you look at my, on any of my socials, if you look at the link tree, which is the link of all links, it kind of gives everything. You can access the Discord, it's completely free. We've got around 75 people in the community now. We all just help each other from a life experience point of view, kind of like almost like just peer help, just talking to people when you need an event or you know just having that ear all the cool things um i have a link above my head which is my patreon so patreon.com slash the kindest strongman that is a way that you can help support me um do this podcast because as a small creator i don't get paid for doing this i just do it because i love it and i love sharing these stories and love meeting new people as well um thank you to lucy and james who are my current patrons who do help me um, and have enabled me to do some live episodes and some really cool stuff. And at this point, thank you for listening. If you, I always say this, if you manage to reach the end, thank you ever so much, because I do appreciate it. I do appreciate you taking the time for yourself, or like I said, taking time for others. And uh, thank you for your time as well, Dean. You're more than welcome. I've enjoyed it. Good. I've enjoyed it. It's been a roller coaster. It for yeah, um to just put a little bit of context on that, we've had to stop this recording like four times because we had grandmas yeah. on the phone, we had banks on the phone, we had Amazon turn up at the door. So this has been the a world jam- didn't want this podcast. It wasn't ready no. for this podcast. We have persevered and made this happen. <laughs> so if you did make it to the end, we, we really, really appreciate it. Yes, yes, thank you. Laugh along with us, laugh at us, join us. So, guys, from myself and from Beanie, there's two words I like to say to finish an episode, and those words are stay super, everyone.